like that we are back yeah, yeah. hey everybody welcome to this pink cloud i am dj kelly reverb rsps which is recovery support peer specialist uh yeah uh let's see uh i have a mantra recovery shirt on if you hadn't checked that episode out be sure and go back and check out that episode it was fantastic cj and adam good dudes yeah, doing yeah. good things uh, and then, of course, sitting in with me today, uh, we well, just so you know, we're a show on recovery, in case you didn't know that, uh, and where we celebrate multiple pathways, and we also like to put spotlights on, on things that are working in the recovery community. Uh, anyway, now, sitting next to me, the one, the only, Chad Lamonds. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I le- I'm, I'm leaving this. DJ slash cool guy. Is what my tag says. Is that what it says? Yeah. I, well, you're not. I, I'm not not cool. I notice you're not rocking the shades. So no, yeah, I, you're I've not decided, as. I just want. A, I just want to be able to look the world in the eyes now. Vague. I like it. I like it. But <laughs> hey, thanks for coming out. And Chad is uh, running the board and uh, co-hosting the show with me now. So I'm excited about that. Thank you for coming out because I know you're coming out from McKinney. Yeah. Shout shout out to uh, your sober living. Correct. Yeah, dude. Fresh start, sober living, dude. There you go. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Well, and then uh, last week, if you caught the episode, uh, we had Kyle and uh, we had Kyle and Lance from the Men of Nehemiah. That's right. And uh, it was supposed to actually be Rand, but Rand is sick right now, so he's got a little touch of the vid, but, uh, you know, we hope he's going to be okay. But his former partner in crime, I like to say. Uh, Mr. Ty Choice, who what's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Hey, you Ty were Choice you were here. you were with the men of Nehemiah, yeah, and you're still affiliated with them. Always will be, man. Always oh. will be. That's where I like to say God transformed my life. That's where I found recovery over ten years ago. Um, right, one of the founding graduates uh, from that. Well, yeah, place. I was I was gonna say, and then you're also with uh, Austin Street. Uh, center, yes, which yes. is is a huge asset, which we'll get into later. Right on. But uh, you know, since we had the men of Nehemiah on, uh-huh. you were one of the OGs I from am. men of Nehemiah I because am. men of Nehemiah started in 2010. That's correct. And you were there at its conception. I was. You you were the guinea pig, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. It so was, yeah, tell us your story because I, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Crazy. You were you were on the street for. 15 years how how does that happen and how is somebody still alive (laughs) you know it's it's a you know it's a crazy journey man um starting out here in dallas in the local scene i started doing music when i was younger you know got introduced to the deep lm scene and uh and you know i didn't really see a problem man i thought you know this is what everybody does you know we're doing a little drinking a little smoking pot you know simple stuff like that but eventually, you know, circles turn into other circles. And uh, I was introduced to some more harder stuff. And uh, I started traveling and, uh, you know, 
didn't really understand that I was an addict. I just thought that I was just having fun, right? And, right. Uh, and well, over it, the, it all starts out fun, right? Right. right. Yeah. You know, we're just clubbing, lizard <laughs> sure. lounge, doing all exactly. that stuff. Yeah. You know, popping pills and and uh, and eventually, man. Uh, you know, as time went on, it just became so unmanageable, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, so you said you were traveling, like as far as traveling, like what were you doing? I had traveling? a rec- I got a record deal at like seventeen, okay, with, with Rockus Records, and uh, started traveling the East Coast doing hip hop, okay. Uh, and you know, when you're young and you're a rap artist or whatever, you know, the clubs were just you know give you a bar tab, give you drugs. And, and 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 I thought that was the cool thing, you know. I got right. the hookup. I got right. the hookup from city to city. But by the time the tour ended, and by the time that all ended, and I got back to Dallas, man, I was a full fledged addict, mm. and I didn't understand like why do I feel sick? What is going on? Uh, I I need some more drugs in order to feel normal. Right. And 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 it and it just it spun out of control. By the by the time I was twenty three years old, man, I was uh I caught my first felony. And was on my way to prison. And uh, by the time and I, what was your DOC during this time, or, or how did your DOC progress? It started with weed, and then it and then it jumped up to like you know Vicodin pills, and then it took off you know a heavy alcohol, a little coke, and then the cocaine became a lot of cocaine, right? Mm-hmm. And then then someone said, "Hey, Ty, in order to balance all that out, you might want to do what they call monkey water, which is heroin and yeah. water." And so you know, <laughs> to balance, balance it oh, out. That's, you know, a, that's a good friend for you, right? right there. And, uh, yeah, you might want to try some monkey water. So by the time I got back to Dallas, I was a full fledged heroin addict, man, and uh, started selling dope, and um, I got caught, and so I went to prison, and I got out of prison, man, and the problem just continued to progress, man. It wasn't like. How long were you in for? I did like the first time I did like two and a half years. Okay. And then and, and I got was, out and I was just right back at it. Yeah. Cause there was no, no recovery. Right. Just me doing time sitting there, you know, lifting weights, shooting the shit with like everybody else. Does, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> learning, learning how to learning commit crimes. To, yeah, exactly. And uh, I got out, man. And uh, the problem just continued to progress. And, and uh, that's where the homelessness started, man. It, it, it was my family. They love me. And I and I want to give a shout out to my family. Uh, you know, a lot of them are no longer with me, but they they love me, man. And they but they couldn't have me living in their home like that. I mean, I was a threat. Uh, I, I was a thief. Uh, I, I never want to shy away from my real truth. And my story was is that I I really took advantage of the people that I said I loved the most, right? Yeah. So moms, yeah. grandma, grandfather, all them caught it the worst, right? You know, nobody's purse was safe. Nobody's TV was safe in the house, so they eventually put a protective order on their home, and I hit the streets, right? Mm, And, uh, you know, I I, I stayed on the streets for a long time, man. It got so dark, you know. And and now every once in a while I'd have little places, you know, homeboys, uh, little spots, apartments, and stuff like that. But for the most part, man, it was, you know, surfing couch to couch, Mm -hmm. trying to to find ways and means to use, you Mm. know. And – it got real, real bad, man, for the last, I guess the last seven or eight years of my addiction. Um, I slept under I-45 bridge. I slept, uh, you know, in the alleys, um, tents. And I became accustomed to this Dallas homeless circuit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Dallas Life, you know, great, great organization. The Bridge Homeless Shelter, yep. great organization. 
um, you know, all these different shelters, Salvation Army, great organization. Mm -hmm. I, I stayed in all those places, but I was what you call shelter resistant. Or what it was is I was such a severe drug addict that I could not be contained. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. if you told me to go inside and that meant that I'm going to have to face withdrawal, mm -hmm. then, you know, I'd rather stay outside and, and, and take right. my chances. Mm -hmm. Take my chances because if somebody comes through at 2 in the morning, I need to be there to get that, right? Yeah, sure. And so, you know, that was my way of thinking, and it, and it, and it, really, it really made me almost animalistic. Absolutely. Um, you know, I became a, a street person to the point of where if at that time, if you would have saw me walking down the street, you would have crossed the street mm. because I was a— uh, you were saying you were saying that that you you like to present as shitty as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, you know, I wanted stains. To, there's an the, art to this, yeah. man. Don't right. get it twisted. Yeah. you know, survival is an art form. Yeah, uh -huh. and and I had been, you know, I had learned how to position myself in a way that if you saw me, I wanted you to think that this person needed help so bad that you were willing to go in your wallet or your purse and hand me the money, in which I was just going to go use with. Mm. Yeah. And so I, I love downtown. Downtown around lunchtime was a prime time for me. So I would walk around downtown and people would be on their lunch break and I would present myself as this, as, as, in, in which I was, as this dirty, lifeless, hopeless individual yep. that needed you to help immediately. And if you gave me money, I would go away quicker. I would and, go away quicker. And, and then I would have to I would not have to have you on my conscience. Yeah. And it <laughs> right. was uh, it was a very um, dark. It's, it's far beyond humbling, but uh, it was a it was a, a very embarrassing, dark struggle. Mm. Yeah. And, and I had given myself over to it. And so I no longer, you know, every once in a while being down here, I would see guys and, and ladies that I went to high school with, and they'd be like, oh, my God. Mm. And, you know, unrecognizable yeah. until I say, hey, Jenny, I remember you from high school. And they're like, oh, my God, Ty. Mm. And, you know, teeth rotted out, 86 pounds, you know, needle marks down my neck, uh, mismatch shoes, uh, hair in just one matte dread, uh, smelling like, you know, urine from sleeping under bridges, uh, eating out of dumpsters down here. Not your best look. Definitely not <laughs> my best look. Not my best look. And, uh, and, uh, and so that went on for years. It went on for years. If I got arrested, I, I used to say that I got rescued. Right. And yeah. I was like, okay, now I can, like, you know, gain some weight. Well, that's something, like, I mean, people actually do. And I, I never really heard about it until I got into recovery. But right. people, what they do is bed hop. Yeah. You know, that, and that's a real thing. Like, It's a real thing, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, go to rehab, you know, with no real intention of recovery. But just I'm going to get some rest. I'm going to get some, my weight back up a little bit. And then I'm going to find someone new that I could take advantage of. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was, that was my way of living, man. And I did it from state to state. I didn't just do it in Dallas. I oh, did yeah? It, I did it in Sacramento. I did it in Portland. I did it in Montana. I did it in Boston. I did it in Atlanta. I did it in Austin. I traveled. All right. So I got to ask, where was your favorite place to be homeless? Uh, <laughs> none. Man, I mean, <laughs> no, that sucks. No, no, no. <laughs> no. There's no... There's no um, there is no 
But Sacramento seems like it would be nice. Sacramento was I. There's yeah, a lot, but it gets cold. But, there it, but, it, but it was just it's 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 still the same brokenness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's still the same. People look at you like you're like less than an animal. You yeah. know, yeah. they treat you as if you know, as if you're you know you're not equal or they 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 make you they you know I've had people uh, spit on me. I've had people punch me. Uh, just for asking for money, I've had people. Uh, you know, I've been jumped, beaten um, while I was asleep. I've been attacked. You know, these are things that I experienced while I was homeless, and it was, it was very, very. Uh, when you don't, I remember people would sometimes talk to me, and it would scare me uh-huh. because human interaction was so far removed. Oh wow! Yeah. So just to say, hey man, how you doing? What? Yeah. You know, and it was like, <laughs> I didn't I, do nothing. <laughs> I, I had yeah. to learn how to communicate wow. again with people because I just lived in the isolated bubble of just using and find and trying to find a safe place to lay down. Sure. And so, you know, years and years of doing that, uh, you know, I, I never really knew how to interact with people. And so, you know, homelessness was. A, a big part of my story. Um, and, you know, my family, I, I don't ever want, my family loved me, man. My mom and my grandmother, they loved me. And they would meet me down here and, uh, you know, bring me a shirt or, you know, some cash sometimes and just to make sure I was still alive. Right, but they had to, they had to set those borders in order to, they you know, did. in order to they actually did. self-preservation, really. Yeah, I was, you know, my name is Ty and my family, you know, they called me Tyrant. <laughs> and uh and it was because of just the the ability of abuse oh yeah you would just make them feel like shit you for know, trying to help you i told yeah. i told my 70 year old grandmother who was the sweetest woman i've ever known in my life i've told her like you know either pay me or pay the window man because i'm gonna bust the window and it's gonna cost you more money to replace the window oh, than it would man. be for you just to give me 10 bucks to yeah. leave and that's how I treated my family, man. Wow. So that tells you how much I cared about myself. Right. Right. Yeah. If I'm willing to treat those people that cared for me the most, I hated myself, man. I hated myself and I truly wanted to die. And so that's why I tell people all the time, I went so hard in the paint. I went extremely hard in the paint with addiction because I had this epiphany, right? And I, and I seen some of the harder drugs that I was hanging out with people, they were twice my age. And they were like, man, what are you doing this young, doing this stuff? And I said, because I'm not an idiot. What I plan on doing is, is I'm either going to go as hard as I can where I either die or I stop. Mm. And so I didn't want to play with it. While everybody else was just, you know, maybe doing a little bit, I was like shooting up in my neck. Like, and while everybody else was like smoking a little bit, I was trying to have a heart attack. You know, (laughs) it was all about pushing it to that limit because I knew that if I played with this, it was going to drag out. Yeah. And I wanted it to stop or I wanted to die. Yep. So I didn't have no fear of death mm. and I didn't have no fear of consequence. I've been to prison three times. I've been to jail 31 times. I've been to 15 rehabs, mm. you know, so consequence wasn't I wasn't fearful of did that. Did any of that uh, during that time? Did any of that almost take or did you have like a maybe uh, yeah. like a yeah. maybe like a two month window of sobriety? I did. Or? I, did. I, did. I, I mean, I learned when I look back at the journey, man, I learned a lot from different people Mm. and uh, they all spoke into my life and I picked up little tools here and there. But the application of of complete surrender, I didn't have that because I was such a stubborn, 
rebellious person, right? Mm-hmm. And so I and I had a little bit of an intellect. So when you have a little bit of intellect, you know they say that recovery is 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 not if you're too you can be too smart for recovery. Oh, absolutely. You know oh, I mean? yeah. And so follow, well, I think all, aren't we all a right. little too smart yeah, for recovery? Yeah, I got this, right, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've read a few books <laughs> at some point. Yeah, yeah, I've read a few books. Right. And so, you know, I I I like to say that God had to strip me and it took it almost killed me. Uh, it almost killed me, but uh at the end of the road, man, I was sleeping behind a dumpster in Pleasant Grove, and uh, I was, you know, about 82 pounds, size 27 waist. Uh, un- been there, dude. Yeah. Got you. Unre- I got you on the 26, 27 waist, yeah. dude. Unrecognizable, man, and, uh, and I had given up on life, and something happened, man. I was behind this dumpster, and I looked up into the sky, and I said, listen, God, I don't know if this is real. I, you know, I've always been a cynic, so I was like, you know, mm-hmm. God, look. If you're out there. If there is a God, and if you're real, I need you to do something because I'm ready to go back to prison. I I feel more freer in prison. I feel more freer if I'm locked up, and I can no longer live like this anymore. And, man, something happened. And I... And I don't believe in bright lights or deep, you know, it wasn't like, you know, in no Burning movie. bush or anything. It wasn't nothing like that, but it was this intense sense of peace that came over me. And I went to sleep like I ain't slept like that in years. Mm. I just laid down behind that dumpster and was out. And the next morning I heard some guys talking around that dumpster. And when it startled me, I woke up. And I didn't have a dope sickness when I woke up. That's strange. Mm. Like I didn't have a dope sickness or a craving. And uh, when I came around that dumpster, there was these guys dressed in these military uniforms. And I was like, man, are y'all the police? (laughs) Right. And it kind of startled them and it startled me at the same time because I was like, yo, it's cops. And they were like startled because I looked so crazy. Uh And they were like, no, 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 we don't want no problems. And I was like, I don't want them either. (laughs) And they were like, no, we're just some, we're a new ministry here in Dallas called the Men of Nehemiah. And we're just trying to stay sober. And we're believing that God can help us. And I was like, whoa. And I just started crying. All right. And they surrounded me, man. And uh, they said a prayer for me. And I got in that van. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and 10 years later, y'all, this is where I met, right? 10 years sober, 10 years clean. And, uh, and I like to say that God cheated for me, man, because he brought the rehab to the dumpster. Oh, yeah. He didn't wait for me to try to get myself, because he knew, like, this one of mine right here, he needs somebody to go pick him up, right? Well, and we were talking, we were, just shout out to Men and Nehemiah. Oh, yeah, we shout were, out. We were talking to them earlier because not only are they just like one of those await and come to us, they're actually out there in the field, and they actually went out there and and rescued you. And that's where my journey began yeah where we're going to get into this austin street center man where i met i'm the operational lead there and uh you know my passion and my commitment is to everyone but i have a special interest in those that are walking the streets those that are sleeping outside yep. those that everyone says honey let's cross the street here he comes <laughs> right those yeah. that say did you smell that guy did you see that lady I love those people uh. because I understand that there's greatness in them. And you know what I've learned over the years is that we title people homeless, 
But I don't believe that anyone is homeless. I believe that everyone is, is experiencing homelessness. Yeah. Mm. Right. So no one's homeless. No one was born homeless. For right. Sure. Everyone had a family. Everyone had something. And whatever it was, mental illness, addiction, whatever it was, hard times, or if it's a combination of all. Mm-hmm. Is they're, they're right now experiencing homelessness. And if you can build a relationship with a person and stop calling them the homeless guy on the corner, but get a chance to know him. That's Jeff. Jeff has two sisters. He's from Boston. He's no longer the homeless guy. That's Jeff. Right. Right. And, and so when you build relationships with people, then you can take the title of homelessness out of it. And then they'll receive the help that we can so desperately give them with recovery, right? Mm. And so, you know, my passion is for that. Even at Men in Nehemiah, uh, I, I was always the, that's me. I'm that guy. Even today, mm-hmm. right? I'm the outreach guy. Like, they, you know, when they have a need to go out, they call me. Ty, look, I need you to go out. Bring some men. I need you to go out. Share this message. And see, for me, man, you know, no one thought that a guy sleeping behind the dumpster would be so impactful. Mm. And so I'm always looking for the next guy, the yeah. next woman, the next CEO, the next person that's going to start a rehab, the next person that's going to, you know, that's going to carry this message to to because the two guys that you had on 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 uh last week, mm-hmm. uh, uh uh you know, Kyle and Lance, I remember when those guys came into Men and Nehemiah. And I remember encouraging them and telling them, hey, man, I come from behind a dumpster. If you can, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And you know what? To watch what God is doing in their lives oh, right? yeah. and how they're impacting other people. So that's what I do, man. I like, you know, I like the rawness. I don't right. know. I didn't do anything a little bit and I don't do anything a little bit now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the rawness, like, I mean, you definitely have the credentials because yeah, yeah, yeah. you navigated that. And I still... It's hard to wrap my brain around yeah. 15 years yeah. of just not having a place to lay your head, man. I mean, that's yeah, it's just tough, in, it's insane that you made it, yeah. but now you have that experience to share. Well, like there's, there's a couple things like about that, that uh, like I just that a the, the shit you're saying, dude, hits home so hard. You know right what on, I mean? Right on. About uh, it because it, it's a it's. It's like that study they did with the mice that like had the water with the cocaine and stuff. And mm-hmm. whenever they were doing it and they were by themselves, they kept doing the cocaine water. And then when there was other people, other mice around them, they right. they didn't community. even think twice about it. You know, the community and that accountability and everything else that uh, that Men and Nehemiah does for people. But not only that, like uh, you were saying, that, like having intellect, it's a very dangerous thing, and yeah. and, and yeah, it, it leads is. a lot to addiction because uh, yet yeah, we got it. You know right. what I mean? That's how that's our generation was raised. Like, figure it the fuck out. Right, right. And uh, so we always think we have a a, a leg up, so to speak. I right. say that I have a fake leg. So I love <laughs> He's got that. a prosthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, one leg, Jim. Yeah, we we, we, right we think we have that, and then uh, it, it you you like it becomes impossible to notice or to to give credit. For like moments that you think are supposed to be like burning bush moments type shit, you know, mm-hmm. it, it becomes impossible to recognize that when it's happening. Right. Until like you finally surrender that yeah. whatever it is, whatever intellect you have, you have to, you just, have you to have let to it go. S- let it go because that shit's been happening the whole time. You just didn't see you it. Haven't seen it. Right. And then so it, it, when when you have a moment like the dumpster one and you said you started crying, like it becomes impossible to ignore. Yeah. And 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 label it as coincidence anymore right, in right. your brain. And that's 
that's like what's so powerful, dude, about about like a ministry like that that reaches out because those there's a difference between powers powerlessness and hopelessness. Right. You know, and like you become so powerless that you feel hopeless, but the hope is there. Right. Right. You just you you're you're you, distorted. You don't yeah. know how to recognize it. And you guys it, are going yeah. out there and like right in the trenches, like he said. Well, you know? you know, at the end of the day, man, look like you know to make some sense of the wreck of life that I did to myself, right? Then I can't see myself doing anything else, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you can only keep what you have by giving it away, right? Absolutely. So people ask me all the time, Ty, why do you work at the shelter? Why do you do that? I mean, that seems like a really crazy gig. And I'm like, you don't understand. You don't no. understand. You have no idea that I see myself every day. Uh-huh. I see, yeah, I, see myself, I see myself yeah. every day. And I was actually worse than anybody at the shelter that, that I see. Right. Because those guys are at least willing to, like, lay down. I'm, like, trying to steal your cell phone and leave <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and so I was banned. You know, it's a trip, man. I was banned from most shelters in Dallas because of my, er, you know, erratic behavior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, the funny thing about God to me is that, like, I spent so much time praying and, and hate. I hated shelters i hated rehab i hated those things and i was like man i can't believe this i got a funny story i was and i don't want to i was staying at a shelter in dallas not gonna say the name Mm -hmm. and uh uh, i got bit by they had a bed bug infestation Mm -hmm. right so i got bit up i stayed the night there and i got bit up by bed bugs and i couldn't think of anyone to call but my sponsor and my he's been my sponsor for over 15 years i got 10 years clean so it tells you god, that he stuck with me god bless yeah. that man he stuck with me he's still there for <laughs> right, me right yeah. and so i called him and i was like yo you're not going to believe this i got bit by bed bugs this place is unsanitary i cannot believe that they would let us stay in these type of conditions it's messed up mm. and he said well Todd, didn't you tell me that you spent like 800 bucks smoking crack Last week, yeah, and I said, yeah. I said, yeah. What the hell does that got to do with me getting bit by bed bugs? He goes, it has everything to do with it. He said, matter of fact, bed bugs aren't your problem. Bed bugs are the result of your problem. Oh, yeah. and he said, as go. long as you deal with, if you're focusing on bed bugs, you're gonna have to continue to deal with bed bugs. But if you actually focus on the solution. Uh-huh. Then you'll never deal with another bed bug again. Yep. And I, of course, at that time I got mad. Man, F you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is, but that is not the answer. I but those were hear. those God moments, yeah. right? Where He was speaking to me, mm. and He was using people to do it. So therefore, that's what I love doing. Mm. Is you know, and 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 I have a. I like to say I have a doctorate degree in streetology. Yeah. So from every substance to mental health to everything I experienced. And at the rawest, lowest form. So when when God cleans you up, and like I was joking earlier, man, I hated shelters. I hated rehabs. Mm. And then God cleans me up. Recovery comes into my life. And then he's like, okay, now I want you to go manage a shelter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, well, damn. But, you know, the the interesting thing is you get to go home at night, um, you know, but I've never left my 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 I've never left the shelter. I've never left the rehab and felt like that I didn't do anything. Yeah, right. and, absolutely. You know. Yeah. Hey, real quick, let's throw it to our sponsor. Uh, that would be uh, 
thispinklawyer.com. Come on. Uh, that is actually Lone Star Injury Attorneys. Uh, they practice here in, uh, in Texas and in California. Uh, ask for Max the Axe. Uh, they will get you maximum results on your uh, personal injury case. And Chad can speak that he is a good dude. Yes, and, he is an absolutely fantastic actually, dude. He's helping me out with something right and, now, too. Actually oh, knows right. what he's talking about. So go to thispinklawyer.com. That will take you to their website, which is Lone Star Injury. Uh, so shout out to Max. And then also our new sponsor, which is NeuroGlow, uh, which is ketamine infusion therapy. Yeah. Uh, and that is NeuroGlow, N-E-U-R-O-G-L-O-W.com. If you go to them, uh, go to their website. They have Flower Mound, and they also have one in McKinney. And they microdose uh, in a clinical setting ketamine and they it supposedly helps with ptsd uh and also um suicidal ideology and they've also seen great results in people that are treatment resistant uh as far as conventional ways wow. of of addiction yeah. so check out neuroglow.com and uh now back to the show and i know i shout them out yeah. like all the time and i i i, I might like be like hell yeah or whatever yeah. but there's so much science like backing that now right? that it's it's become because everybody wants tangibility. Right. You know what I mean? Right. With everything. Everybody needs numbers. Everybody needs numbers. So the numbers are there right. now. Right. So it's not it's it's you know, it's not like it used to be. And it's it's, it's sure. the stigma is coming down and everything because mental right. health yeah. is like. It's is real. it is oh, very, yeah, yeah, very, yeah, 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 and it's, it's real, real, and it, it's it's definitely you know this probably as yeah. well as I do, but uh, it's co-occurring yeah, uh, in most diagnosed. cases. Yeah. So I remember one time. So of course, you know, when you when you have a fully furnished apartment and within two weeks it's bone dry, people around you think there is something mentally off with this guy, and and so my mother. She bribed me with 20 bucks, and I'm not trying to ever, let me say this, I got to share this right, because I believe that mental health is real and medication is real, and I believe that if a doctor prescribes you medicine, take your medicine, yeah, right? Yeah. But at this time, I was in a bender, two-year bender, and she took me to the place, the doctor's office, and they had me waiting this thing, and i am been up for a couple of days, and so I filled out this form, and the doctor said, you know what, Mr. Choice, it looks like here that you're definitely bipolar, mm. and I said, hmm. And I said, well, well, what is that? Now, of course, I was being, you know, kind of sarcastic. Yeah, right. I knew what I've heard the term before. Sure. But uh, I was trying to get the 20 bucks from a mom. And so <laughs> and so she he had to make it look good. Yeah. So she <laughs> said to me, she said, well, you know, it's when you have extreme ups and downs. You know, you, you know, one second you're extremely excited. The next second you're extremely low and depressed. And I said, well, that makes extreme sense to me. And she said, yeah, I know we got medicine for that. And I said, well, let me tell you why. Because I'm extremely excited and happy when I have crack. And I'm very <laughs> depressed when I don't. <laughs> and then she's like, looked at me. Oh, my. But, I, but I say that to say that, you know, I, w I was mentally unstable, man. Sleeping on the streets, uh, eating out of dumpsters, being violently attacked, uh, not, having a, not having a safe place to go, yeah. not having a warm place to lay, worrying about if I'm going to get rained on, worrying about if, if, the, po if the cops are just going to come and, and, and harass us, you know, mm -hmm. um, just trying to f constantly migrating, moving from one bridge to one tree to one dumpster to one place, never really having any type of community yeah even though there was a community but it was like not a community no if you understand not. what I'm yeah saying. it was I like exactly probably that saying. that community is is in the same spot you are yeah because they're looking out for right. their next right their, their everybody best everybody is all about yeah. them themselves and uh and i understand it today you know a lot differently 
And so, you know, throughout all that, that experience, man, um, I've now come to understand and to serve that population at, at my most maximum capacity, right? Like, I understand the mindset. I understand why people uh, prefer or even can't stop the mm-hmm. homeless pos- process, right? And, uh, and so, um, you know, at Austin Street Center, I want to give a shout out to yeah, Austin well, Street yeah. Center. Yeah, what you were saying, though, real quick, why, why do people, why do you think, like, uh, like, I mean, I know you elaborated on that, but when you say to somebody, oh, well, you know, they can, they can get a job. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what do you say to that person with that mindset? Oh, right. well, that person can get a job. Yeah. I mean, they're hiring at McDonald's right, right. now. Why don't, so what, what would you say to that person? I like to say that everyone doesn't start at the same point of the race. Huh? Not everyone starts at the same point of the race, man. Right. And, and, you know, some people experience trauma and process it differently. So if you were abused in your home, if you, were, if you didn't have a stable home, if you were uh, uh, coping, your coping skills were reduced, and so substance abuse, or, 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 or if you're dealing with long-term mental health and hasn't been treated. Yeah. So how are you going to comprehend going to just <laughs> Go get a, a job? job right? yeah. I, I got so much stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm so far behind the race that I need, I need help just catching up to the beginning. You know, just I need, the beginning. I need help yeah, just right? brushing my teeth and, and general so hygiene. It's not yeah. that easy. It's yeah. not like go get a job and mm-hmm. situations will change. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna go get a job, but then where I'm gonna, where I'm gonna sleep tonight? Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where who's gonna wash my clothes if I go to work tomorrow wearing mm. the same thing? Are they gonna Are they gonna let me go? Mm. Uh, what happens? How am I cash my check? I don't have an ID. Sure. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't even have a social security card. Right. In all due respect, I'm 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 almost like an alien here. Right. Yeah. You know well, no, I mean? and a lot of people don't realize what you just said. Right. Uh, as far as that, when they go, oh, those people can get a job. We call them know? barriers. Yeah. There's a lot of barriers that you have to start to to uh, help an individual. Right. Before they can even get to the place of let's start looking for right. a job. Right. And that's what you're facilitating at Austin Street. That's exactly right? what we yeah. do, man. We reduce. We serve the most vulnerable and 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 our mission is to provide basic needs to provide shelter and to provide a safe place for the most vulnerable yeah. right so our shelter has been in operation since 1983 um we house currently about 380 people a night wow that's yeah. three meals each day that's breakfast lunch and dinner that's um you know women uh, our men, I will let me sh- share with you how uh-huh. it works. So our the men are have to be forty five and over. Okay. So you know, just to let anyone know that's maybe interested or learning a little bit more about Austin. Street. Now, why forty five and over? Well, because we serve the most vulnerable. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. our men are a lot older. It's it's easy to say, yeah, go get a job. But what if you're sixty? Where where do you go forty five and under? Uh, 45 and under, they have other organizations. Men and Nehemiah. Like Men and Nehemiah, <laughs> definitely. Go. Men See, and Nehemiah. That in there. Men and Nehemiah right. are, 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 you know, there's other uh, shelters in Dallas. Uh, yeah. Austin, I mean, 24-hour uh, uh, 24 24 hour yeah. club. You got the right. bridge and stuff So, like okay, that. so 45 and over. Because 45 like, and over. I like that. Okay. And, you know, and it's, it's pretty, it, I will say this. The men that we serve have been experiencing homelessness for a while. Right? Oh, yeah. And so we want to reach those men and try to help those men get the services that they need 
in order to get back on track, right? So, um, and then we have we house women that are 18 and over, so no children. So it's women 18 and over, men 45 and over, and uh, no children. And I mean, from anything you could think of, man, from you know, from sex traffic to uh, domestic violence, from um, you know, long-term mental health, drug, substance abuse, mental health. Uh, well, so how does it work? Does somebody just, I mean, magically show up at the door, or yeah, do yeah, you, yeah. or how do, how does it work? So we 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 do our intakes Monday through Friday, uh, one to four, um, and you know we. People come in, and if there's be- availability, mm-hmm. whatever we have, it's kind of like Homeward Bound. It's like yeah. kind of a triage unit, right? Kind right. Of so we kind of screen. We do a, a, an intake screening, and uh, mm-hmm. once they come in, you know, they we get some information about where they are and, and everything like that, and then we assign them a bed, and immediately we start to address uh, certain barriers, right? You know, yeah. uh, we have amazing ca- uh, case management team that works hard on figuring out you know where they what what type of needs do they need and then that's where i come in i come in with the recovery piece right absolutely and uh, my job is actually operational so you know the whole functionality of the shelter you know dinner uh different groups that are coming in aa na and all that type of stuff i'm involved in making sure everybody is in the place that they need to be uh the things that they need uh, as far right. as blankets uh basic needs uh and and i get to really put my hands and I get to really put my heart into each person and knowing who they are, identifying and relating to where they are. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, it's just a, it's a very amazing thing, bro. So, right. And you, we were going to talk about this. Um, you know, you were without sharing names or anything, but you said that you had a story that you were thinking about, uh, as far as like success stories yeah. that you've seen, maybe, you know, yeah. give me, give me one of one of Ty, give me one of Ty's choices. Yeah, man. <laughs> I have one in particular, yeah. uh, a female, okay. uh, about six years ago, and uh, she was like, she was like me, man. She was unrecognizable. Um, mm-hmm. Her hair turned into one big mat, and uh, she was sleeping in the field across the street from the shelter for many years. And I'd seen her uh, prostituting herself, uh, and then she had recently had a stroke, so the left side of her body was coming back to normal but it was still paralyzed from uh substance abuse and mm-hmm. uh she was just being a, just the streets were just dragging her and i knew she was next to death mm. and so i finally convinced her to come inside and and she came inside and uh we cut her hair and uh she still could barely talk a little bit like this uh-huh. you know but uh started doing uh she started attending our recovery meetings and she sat in the back for her first few meetings. She didn't say anything. She just drank coffee. And then one day she raised her hand, man, and uh, she said, you know, I don't want to get too raw, but she said, you know, I'm tired of doing sex acts mm-hmm. for $5 and only getting paid two. Mm. Now, what do you say? After, nobody can't say nothing after no. that. The whole room shut up, you mm-hmm. know, and the atmosphere was so thick. The hairs on my arms stood up, and I looked at her because I knew she had no concern about anybody's opinion. She yeah. just wanted to be free. She just wanted to be free. And after the meeting, she was helping me clean up, and I looked at her, and I told her, I said, you'll never use again. And she kind of looked at me, and, 
And, and I said, I promise if you keep being that honest and that real, you'll never use again. And just like that, man, the next week her face started getting a little better. Her hair started growing back out. And then all of a sudden she started to share more. And I realized how articulate she was. And she told me her story. She said, Ty, I was a nurse. Wow. I haven't seen my kids in 10 years, but addiction robbed me of my my career and and i've been sleeping over here in this field for the last seven years and no one took the time to work with me and and now i'm starting to my mind's coming back and mm. and i'm starting to have hope and i'm starting to talk to our case managers and and i feel like there might be a shot for me and now she's got seven years sober wow she's the general great. manager of a walmart um we're good friends man she sponsors women she's a beast in recovery man and so right. you know when you see that type of stuff happening, and I get a chance to see that on a daily basis, right. man, I see a lot of darkness, but I also see beacons in hope and light, and I see people's lives come. You back. get to see that that phoenix rising from the come ashes. On, man. Yeah, ain't nothing like it when you see someone that doesn't believe in themselves, and then you literally have to believe in them so they can believe in themselves. Right, and then you see the the take root, and all of a sudden they start to grow and and flourish, man, and uh. And so that's why I do what I do, man, right. because, you know, I was voted least likely, you know, least likely <laughs> to live. Yeah. To live, man. And I always tell people, man, as an addict, I get to live three amazing lives, man. I get to live the life first that I was raised with the morals and my family. And then I got that life of addiction and darkness. And then now I got this amazing life of recovery and hope. Yeah. And so not too many people get three different parts to live. Yeah. And so that means makes it makes it easier for me to be able to identify with more people, man. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, and real quick. So if people want to actually uh, hit up Austin Street or use the mm -hmm. uh, how. Uh, OK, so how does it work? I know you can go to Austin Street dot org. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you have like people like family members reaching out on behalf of people that are homeless mm -hmm. or is it direct homeless or is it a mix we get all kind of people that you know you know for people that want to get involved with this amazing uh you know amazing place man austin street uh you can go to the website they have volunteer opportunities from anything from folding clothes to helping serve dinner uh -huh. to coming down and working at the desk with me man uh, yeah. passing out medications and uh you know, I have a friend of mine that recently started volunteering there because his wife died. And uh, he'd been married for 50-something years, and she died. And so to deal with his grief, he decided that he would come down and serve. Get outside right. of himself. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. man. And uh, it's just so a lot of times people do, do it for a lot of different reasons. But the main reason is, is I think that it, people think that they're actually going down there to help them out. And they find out that they're the ones that are getting help. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. funny how that works, huh? It's, it is. It is. It is. I, can I bring up one thing yeah, real quick? Ahead. So we were talking outside, right? Uh -huh. yeah. And you, like, I, the thing that has it just changed my life, like, through and through, you hit on, like, exact, almost exactly, like, how I perceive it, right? And that's, like, you, you said that drugs were the best thing that ever happened to you. So you say it in a yeah, different way yeah, than yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. But you say that drugs were the best thing that ever happened to you because it brought you to the person you are today. It is. And like that, just that level, it, it, that's where your intellect comes back. Like all this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like the intellect is, it's, it's rough when you're in the middle of an addiction type thing. Yeah. But when you, when you can do the same Jedi mind tricks you did to your brain right. and then start like 
looking back and being like, you know what? Every little shitty thing yeah. that I've been through mm-hmm. that I thought was shitty at the time right. was just training me exactly. to be the best that I can possibly be. Yeah. And it's it's like impossible to to, you know, like just snap your fingers for somebody else because that's what we want to do right is to help other people but, but like you're the you're practical with this like yeah. mercy is not i forget what it was some thing i i watched yesterday um uh, but it talks about mercy's not about whatever it's mercy is practical it is it's not theoretical it's not philo- that's what it is it's yeah. not theoretical it's not philosophical it's practical it is and like it's just crazy that i just saw that yesterday and then you come in here and do this today. Right. And like, like that's, that's when like, you know, ignoring it, it like just coincidence. Like I, I, it's not, you no, know what not. I mean? Like it's this not. shit, this, this is like too real. Like what you're doing at this place, like this, this Austin street and, and at men Nehemiah, dude, like, yeah, you've been, he, he, that's one of the things that I love about AA is the way that they put it. Is you are uniquely qualified exactly to be able to change lives, right? And and you're not doing it, you know what I mean? For Thank any, there's no you. motive behind it, dude. No. And like, other than you're qualified, other yeah. than the fact that you other know that, that you're qualified right. and you fucking use well, it. Well, right. actually, the motivation I find Thank my you. motivation, my motivation is because. I've been there, and I can relate to that person, and I can understand. I'm uniquely Mm -hmm. qualified to relate to that person because of all the shitty stuff I went through. Exactly. And, and you know, man, uh, like I said before, man, Austin Street Center is just – there's so much going on in one day that it just gives me this amazing opportunity to use all those experiences every day. Mm. I have people coming up to me saying, Ty, you know, I need a blanket. And I'm like, yeah, I think about the story when I – Okay, well, what'd you do with the blanket that you had last time? And so everything that I've experienced, now they understand. And they know I know. And so when someone knows that you know, they're willing to trust you. Yeah. Uh, It's not something I read in a book. It's not something I went to school for. This is something that I experienced. And so what I love about Austin Street, we have an amazing team. We have we have the guys that are there that have the degrees in social work and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we also have, you know, like guys like me, right? Yeah. So they go, okay, Ty, what do we do? We're humble enough to say, this is something that we need your expertise in. And so we work together as a group, helping people end their homeless experience. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's well, dude, so I ap- I appreciate you coming by. First off, I appreciate what you do. I right always on, like right I yeah. always like to shout out because you might not get that thank you from somebody, I but you're getting you. it from us. Thank so, you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank thanks. You thanks for it. thanks for doing what you do. Uh, and obviously, we we like to give this part uh, of the show for our guests to give their shout outs or plugs yeah so anything you want to shout out to shout out to my beautiful girl over there shout out to her got don in the building (laughs) i like to say shout out to my mama man shout out to my mama because if it wasn't for her i wouldn't be here shout out to my beautiful daughter maya man shout out to the men in nehemiah and last but not least shout out to austin street center peace absolutely there we go well hey man i appreciate you coming out making time i know you got to work today right i do yeah 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 so we're we're gonna get you out of here, but Chad, thanks for sitting in. I appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. This was been, this is <laughs> this was nuts. Powered fill hour. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, hey, remember, guys, uh, there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we would all take too many. Awesome. <laughs>